Hi, and welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey to publication. I'm Christina Katane, and I write Christian fantasy. I am Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. I am so sorry. I know I'm not hosting, but I got to say, that was all my fault. I didn't know I was muted. <laughs> So I came in here. I said to the girls, are right, you guys ready? No one answered. I'm like, I'll take that as a yes. And I just went ahead and started the show. But then my computer went slow. And so Jamie's like, oh, and then the music started. <laughs> and somehow we've lost Rhonda. That's not my fault. No, Rhonda is having tech issues. And she was going to try to be uh, strong and hang with us. But her screen just completely poofs on her. So she said that she'll be really active in the chat today. If y'all want to give her a shout out. Um, She's our fourth host, but not able to be with us today. Okay, so... Um, we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in wherever you listen to us, iTunes or Spotify or all those places. And if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe. Um, the sh- if you're on Facebook, do the share and the, I don't know, just mash all the buttons. Tell all your friends, just like poke our name in the public's eye. Um, and so we like to start each episode with what's up. Um, This is where we go around and say, what's up? So let's start with Jamie this time. I am completely unprepared for a what's up today. I don't know why I didn't even think about it. (laughs) Good. Let's just talk about what's going on in your life. Yeah. I mean, you know, things are, you know what? I wanted to possibly do an episode about a crisis of faith. But Mm. what's really fascinating is how once you kind of come through it, like, have you ever thought... I don't even know if I was a Christian before. Like, have you ever felt that way? Mm -hmm. Because you just suddenly have a refreshing about what your faith is all about and what we're all here for and what our true purpose is as created beings. And, And then you suddenly feel like, wow. I mean, because now I'm this, this feeling, everything before just seems like pretense or fakery or just kind of whatever. Did y'all ever go through that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like a refining situation, right? Like not to like belittle how your relationship is before you go through something like this, but God just continually brings you closer and continually um, kind of like shaves away the parts of you that you thought were important or the parts of you that you didn't even see that might be keeping you from him and from a relationship with him or a closer relationship with him. Right. So that's Mm -hmm. for sure happened to me. The things that I couldn't see, like that's what tends to like, and usually it's a painful process. Shave is probably not a strong enough word for what It's like how diamonds are created, right? Mm, And then there's the whole, I mean, the concept of a phoenix rising from the ashes, because I guess there's like fire actually involved. I mean, there's a lot of processes in the natural world that are not pleasant to, you know, get to the Mm. other side. Um, You know, butterfly has to hatch out of the chrysalis by itself or its wings aren't strong enough to help it fly. And everybody's like, I don't want to be a butterfly. I just want to stay a caterpillar forever, munching and growing feathers. Please don't make me go into chrysalis. You know what I mean? Uh Because you don't, I mean, it's not, it does not feel good uh, in the flesh to go through whatever. And so, you know, when someone's going through something, that's not really the time to be like, but someday you're going to be a beautiful butterfly. Or maybe it is depending on what your role is, because, you know, we're all my one friend, um, Amanda, she would talk to me about us keeping each other's candles lit, you know, each Mm -hmm. carry your candle and, uh, Help everybody keep on glowing. So anyway, I guess that's what I would talk about. I was having like, I need God to show me that he loves me. And then uh, Gigi from the chat, she reached out to me in a particular way that just really felt like God showing me he loved me. And that same day, I went to work and saw a double rainbow. 
And I know all of that sounds very simplistic, but when you're really feeling like mm -hmm. you need it and it comes right on time, there's nothing like it. So I just want everyone to be encouraged today that if you're in your chrysalis, don't be looking around for someone to rip it open for you because you just got to endure. You know what I mean? You just mm -hmm. you just got to go and then you're going to have nice, strong wings so you can fly. I love and it. That's beautiful. To add some cheese to the to the whole conversation, <laughs> like if you think about the song, The Rose, have you guys heard that song? Oh, yeah. About how the snow, like under the snow, the oh. seed is in the ground. No, that's not the one I was thinking of, but okay, that sounds cool. Um, Just remember in the winter, far beneath the winter. Oh, yes, it is that song. Okay. Um, In the spring with the sun's love, the seed becomes the rose, but mm. the seed doesn't like pop out as the rose. Like first it's a bud. And then yeah. it grows some leaves and then it gets taller. And each one of those steps of the process is a growth. And when you, when you get to the final product, the rose, it's a completely different thing than it started as. That's really, I love that, Tina. Thanks for bringing that up. Rhonda says that's one of her favorite songs. Yeah, if you guys, too. if you guys don't know it, I'll go ahead and link to it. And um, on my Facebook page, JR Nichols, every day I put a playlist. Well, every day we have a podcast. Um, and it's songs I listened to before we go live. And I'll add that one. So if, you, if you've never heard the song, you don't know what we're talking about, um, it'll be over there for y'all to go find. Awesome. All right. Okay, I'll go next. Um, so everybody pro here is probably a word nerd to a certain extent. You think? <laughs> um, but I am uh, also a Greek geek. And, <laughs> and I've also been known to get geeky about some Hebrew, too. Oh, you got so, that all rhymey and stuff? Wow. Well, I didn't mean to. Spitting rhymes. <laughs> but um, in this book, Sitting at the Feet of Rabbi Jesus, mm -hmm. this is a book that talks about what it was like to be a rabbi or a disciple in the first century during Jesus' day. And they had um, yeshivas. Yeshiva is like the seminary of the, of the Jewish faith. And so if you were to go into the study hall of a yeshiva, it would not be like the study hall that we think of where everyone's silently working on the work. It would be like the loud buzz of conversation because, and they would have podiums facing each other and people would be um, debating the scriptures and helping each other with the scriptures. And the, the saying during that day was, acquire for yourself a rabbi and get yourself a haver. And so this word in Hebrew, haver, um, today in in Hebrew, if you go to Israel, it means just means friend. But in this context, that the root word of haver means to hem and to haw. Mm, like I that. love that. And it's the idea of a friend that you debate and study the scriptures with together. As and the more haver you have, the better you are. And mm. so the female version of that word is haver. Have, Havara? I don't know. The, the, the one word is pronounced Haver, so I don't know like how if it's Havera or Havara, but it's spelled H-A-V-E-R-A-H. So tonight I am going with my Havara to a hotel and we're going to have a girls night. And it, I'm really excited because it's my friend Tanya, who's a pastor and is like passionate, passionate for studying the God's word like I am. And uh, my friend Christina, who the first time I met her, like, have you ever heard people talk about, like, they could see people's auras or whatever? If if you could, like, see love, if it was, like, a tangible thing that you could touch and, like, put it in a cup or, like, make it into, like, a snack. Like, it just, like, oozes out of this girl, like, mm -hmm. everywhere she goes. Like, you can't help it but feel love when she's around. And uh, my friend Rhonda, who has this gift for seeing people like she can see a person like really see them. And she is such an extrovert. She will talk to anybody. And Other Rhonda. She, yeah. Not, not, not Rhonda Hagerman. <laughs> yeah, she's like got this gift of evangelism. Like one time we went to the store for toilet paper and we ran into this guy who had just gotten out of a drug rehab like that day. 
we were in the store for an hour and a half, and I'm pretty sure she had him saved, sanctified, and, and waiting at the gate of heaven before, <laughs> <laughs> before we left the store. So she's going to be there. And then there's another girl that I really don't know very well, but I'm really excited to get to know. And so we're going to spend the night at this hotel, and there's like a hot tub and a pool. And so I'm really excited um, to be with my Haverat, which is the female plural of Havara. Can I just say um, that's a beautiful thing and I'm really excited for you. And I wanted to contribute that I think it's interesting what you say about a study hall because you think of a lecture hall and the rooms where they put you now and they call it study hall is not a hall. And so the idea that it's called a study hall kind of harkens back to what it used to be. Do you know what I mean? Like It makes a lot more sense that they would call it that. Mm-hmm. And also, if you ever could look or if you might know, when um, God says, come, let us reason together. Do you know what I mean? Would it possibly be like he's inviting you to like do that with him? Maybe like if you were to look up the. Uh, That's going to happen in heaven. Like it would not be heaven if we can't do that in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like just go in and then Jesus be there and then we can just like discuss the scriptures. Now. Well, I'll be standing there going. Like I really love to, to us in parables. <laughs> dig in and, and pull out like the deep meaning of the stuff that's in the Bible. But he would like, he wouldn't have to dig. He would just know, right? Awesome. Uh, that's going to be great. I can't wait. What's up with you, Jen? Gosh, I don't even want to go next. Cause like, Why? cause what I picked is not at all spiritual. If <laughs> you guys oh. had these really great, like, I feel like we've had church this morning and then I'm about to do share something that feels very self-serving right now, but it's fine. That's what oh. life is. Man. It care is important. It yeah. is author related though. So I will share it uh, anyway, because I think that um, those of you that are, you know, just starting your journey, like it's probably hard to imagine this happening. And it, I like, when I was just starting, I don't know that I would ever have thought this could happen, but I got a message from somebody that I know, but who has become a fan. Um, but I did know her before. Um, and she wrote me and she said, okay, just finished. And I'm not going to say the series and I'm not going to say the author, but it is an author, a very, very famous author that like trad pub, trad pub Christian romance. Yes. Okay that um I have been compared to before, which was like blew my mind, but like that was very sweet. But she says, okay, I just finished this series by this author. I just have to say your books are better. Whoa. Right. I was like, but it goes on. She said, I this is why I wanted to share it. I dislike that everything is so perfect and that every time they pray, they seem to get what they want. Oh. I want to reread your books, LOL. So I felt like that, that I needed to share that with, with our writing friends because we've talked about this. We've talked about how you got to hurt your characters and how, um, you know, you like it needs to be realistic and still be. I mean, you cannot deny that my books are Christian. And if you want to if anyone wants to debate that, I'm up for it. But um, my books are also very real, like people have real struggles and God doesn't just pull them out of it. And I never really thought about that with this other author. And because I do enjoy this author, she's one of my favorites, but things always do kind of end really like perfect. Right. Now don't get me wrong. Romance needs to have the happily ever after. Otherwise it's not romance. My books always have the H E A. Um, But like, it doesn't mean that everything in life is going to be perfect for these people because your readers, that's not their life. If if you've listened to um, our conversation this morning, you already know that that's not how life is for, for those of us that are real people and not in books. And so the people in your books, if you want them to be real, they need to be real. Right. So that just was confirmation to me that I'm doing this right. That yes, I'm hurting my characters. And yes, some people might be upset about certain things. Or might feel like, you know, oh, that's a little too raw for me. That's okay. Then my book isn't for you. Then you can go off and read this other author who does keep it that way. But there are going to be readers out there that are going to gravitate towards the more real. And so I just want to Yeah. Well, I don't know why you don't think that that's spiritual because Jenna absolutely is. I, I have friends who appreciate that I'm such a mess and I'm so willing to talk to them about what a mess I am because they're like, I look around and everybody else seems to be perfect. And there's already, you know, as women, there are 
uh, body image and uh, uh, appearance uh, standards that we feel like we have to meet up to. And then there's this Christian thing too, where it's like, I raise my children, like, you know what I mean? And then it's like your children, which you're not even responsible. Like your children are their own people, but you, you look and you say, well, everybody else's family seems to be on this. We all serve and honor God track. And what have I done wrong? And there's like this other standard. It feels like you're measuring yourself against, and you think everybody else is hitting it. And if you um, only have media that reinforces the idea that you're somehow not measuring up, it can make you feel really lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, not everybody needs that. Some people need to get away from all of the stuff right. that's awful in their life, right? Like you said, exactly. But um, there are gonna there is are gonna be people who need ministering to and to just be told that they're okay, maybe, you know? right? And this is why I think it's really important that when I get through these series, I really think that I am going to be called to write. Um, I've talked before about how romance books are all about the beginning of the romance, but there are very few romances books that go through the, like in the middle of marriage. Well, romance shouldn't end once you say I do. And I think this is really important because like you said, Jamie, people will sit in church and they see this couple there and that couple there and their marriage is perfect. Let me tell you, sister, their marriage is not perfect. The longer I'm alive on this earth, the longer I'm in the church, the more I realize that especially we Christian women, we do not, we're not honest about what's going on in our marriages because we feel like, I think part of us feel like that that is being dishonoring to our husband or dishonoring to God. And I think there needs to be a balance there. I think that like we've gone so far the opposite direction that it, it is not realistic. We are putting out with whether we realize it or not, we're putting forth this image that is not realistic and not attainable by anybody. And so I think that through um, fiction, I could be able to show the truth without dishonoring my husband or dishonoring God. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not about my husband or me. It would be fiction. But just to show that like, it's okay if your marriage isn't perfect and it's a hot mess and you're struggling and that's okay because that's life. And that's what God's here for. And furthermore, no church is perfect either. And we all know the gossip and rumor mills and we don't want to be a part of that, et cetera. And so we keep to ourselves, you know? And, you know, I'd really like to see a book uh, like that about a pastor and his wife because yes that pressure to be perfect mm-hmm. is so much stronger and the statistics the about pastors life. and pornography and pastors mm-hmm. and affairs and like like and it isn't until something happens that people are like oh, oh like i think that like we need to know that that our pastors and their wives are are human too mm-hmm. and they need our love and prayers in a way that like we don't like we just think they're supposed to be perfect why, why do they have to be perfect? And when you're struggling and when you like have those issues, who do you talk to? Yeah. Like if you're a pastor, you can't talk to your congregants about that. You can't you, talk to other pastors because they're putting up the image that they are perfect, that they aren't struggling. you can't struggling. talk to like your, the, the leadership because then your job could be at stake. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, a, that's a, there. Oh, this story is just coming to life in me, girls. Yeah. Oof. And then, yeah. and then take all of that and. And look at what it does to the children, the pastors. Mm-hmm. My son said that he never felt judged so much in his life as he did in the church. Mm. Because he was the pastor's kid and they had these expectations of how he should behave. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's it almost seems like frivolous to move on. I know, right? That's <laughs> what I was saying. Like, so like, yeah, like that turn kind of like you know, spiritual, but like in my mind, I'm like, I'm also saying, look, someone thinks I'm awesome. You know what I mean? Like someone loves my books. That's how that's I feel. That's great. I mean, well, that's really a compliment. Yeah. And I appreciate it. And I, I feel like God gave me my book. So I, I shouldn't be, why, why should I be nervous about sharing that with other writers who are either getting that themselves or aspiring to that? Right. Mm-hmm. Because society tells me I shouldn't be like that. And Anywho. from the entertainment point of view, I like your books. And I do not like romance. Mm. And for, for, for some, a lot of the reasons that that lady pointed out to you. And also mm. your books aren't just romance for the sake of romance. You always have something else that you're some other theme yes. or something that you're um, I don't want to say preaching about, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, themes and different morals. And, 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 and that yes. makes it interesting. It's not so boring. I appreciate that. Cause I, I strive for that. 
Yeah. I don't want it to be, I want it to be romance. Trust me. I love romance. I love to write a good kissing scene, but it's got to be more than that. Otherwise, why do I, I, love why do I care to write it? I don't want to read it. I don't want to write it. Right. <laughs> I just have an issue with predictability. Mm. That's my problem. If, if a book is predictable, I can't read it. Well, I'm so glad that mine aren't predictable for you. No, Yay. because there's all those Huge. other things like, if it's just the romance for the sake of the romance and you know it's going to work out because it's right. a romance like right. that, like why read it if I know it's going to happen? So, right. yeah. Okay. So right. let's move on to our topic. Um, and our, when, so this is March and we're, so we're, it's okay. I'm going to get this wrong. Marching into marketing. Is that- yeah. March into marketing. Good. Yeah. Um, and so we talked, we talked last week it was a week. I wanted to say month, but it was last week. It was just <laughs> it feels was like a long month week happened. at our house. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about just the basics of marketing. And so now we're going to talk about um, a technique of marketing, which is first free first in series. Yes. My Often you'll see say, it in groups as FFIS. Yeah. And because my brain you know, was we to say it backwards first free in series. I don't know why. So if I say it that way, I mean first free. free <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I mess it up too. Even though it's a it's a marketing technique that I use, I say I mess it wrong all the time. I just say is is as long as you don't say it. <laughs> oh, let me fit. But okay, so there are other marketing strategies, and we want to say that up front right now. Like, and if you haven't listened to last week's episode about the basics, make sure you do so. Like, if you're here with us live stay with us. But Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this later as a podcast, go back, stop what you're doing, go back and listen to last week's episode. Because last week we talked about what the the foundations are, the things, the basics that you need to have in place. Because this, I think, is, is just one marketing strategy, but you really have to have those things in place before you can do this, right? And we're gonna go into deeper what that means. Um, I have found success using it. And I know that there are others that are generally in our chat that have done it. So, um, yeah. So we thought we would talk about that this week. Okay. So what's the first thing you have to do to use this technique? Well, I also want to be clear too, before we move forward, we're talking about setting your uh, ebook to perma free. So free first in series. First of all, you have to write in a series, obviously, uh, and we're talking about making your ebook free. So don't, nobody, I don't want anyone out there crying and think they're going to be paying for a paperbacks to go out to thousands oh, of yeah. people. But so it's your Yeah. E-book. And I want to point out that Jen just used the word perma free. And yes. uh, so that is another word you'll hear thrown around. Well, this book is going to be my perma free. Well, what they mean is this is going to be a book that will always be $0 for the reader. Yes. So you said something really important. This is for a series. You're marketing a series, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about non-series later, but for right now, this is one marketing strategy and you're writing and you have to write in a series for it. There are things you can do, but we're going to talk about that later. And Jen, like, um, I know, uh, I feel, I feel like we've got this a little bit farther down on the outline, but like, why don't you talk about the evolution of how you got to where you are yeah. now, but maybe, okay, like give an overview of how it works, but yeah. then say, you know, well, you backed into it by doing this and this, right? right? Because you didn't start with four written books. No, I didn't. Some people do. Some people write okay. their books and release them either at the same time or one on top of each other. I did not do that. Um, I should probably start with saying I got this, um, the strategy from Mark Dawson who got it from someone else. It is a, it is a very common marketing strategy. So this is nothing new. This is nothing we've introduced. I'm just going to share my experiences with it. So I wrote my first book, um, searching for Anna and, um, the entire time I knew I was going to write a series. I shouldn't say the entire time. When I first started out, I thought I had this one book in me and it's going to be a big hit. Like that's what everyone thinks, right? That it's going to be this bestseller. But as I was writing it, I really started wanting to write, like, I, this was the book here. Um, the third one. The third book. That started as, it off. Right. But as I was writing, I really kind of fell in love with her sister, Esther. I'm like, I really want to tell her story. Why does John have a limp? I don't know. But I wrote it that way when I was writing this book. So I wanted to explore more of that. So I started writing that. And then while I was writing this book, 
we were in a writing group together, the ladies and I and a few other friends, and they had a small, a short story writing challenge. We, we were supposed to go home, write 1500 words and come back the next month. And we we're going to share them. I came back with 6,000 words. I'm like, mm-hmm. girls, this is going to be a novella. So I ended up, I made it a novella. I, um, because in my mind, I'm giving this away for free. I already knew I was going to write in a series at this point. I had heard about perma-free and free first in series. So I thought I'll just make a novella. In hindsight, it would have been okay as a novel to give away. And we'll talk about that too. So I wrote this book, released this book at full price. So on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, everywhere the books are sold, the book was full price. But if you sign up for my newsletter, you got this book for free. So then I released, this is a while later. Um, I don't know, like a year later. I, I've, I've been slower at releasing than I wanted to be, but I released my book two, Avoiding Esther. So at the end of book one, it had a link to buying uh, Avoiding Esther. So if you and could you buy book one. full price. Yeah, this is listed okay. at full price. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I listed this one at full price too is I heard someone say that your freebie, that's your newsletter freebie, people should see that there's a value to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it should have a value. So Right. They don't. At, they want to feel like by signing up for your newsletter, they're saving $9.99 or whatever. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So then I released this one. So now I, at this point, I have two books for uh, two books out. Book one is free for if you sign up for my newsletter and um, book two is for full, for full price. We're still not at the free first in series yet. So remember, I told you that the book one is still for sale at a cost on retailers. And this is why I wanted you to walk through this, because what you ended up with as your working strategy isn't how you started. And so if you don't have four books ready to release, there are other ways to do it. And so um, anyway, keep going. And then eventually, (laughs) (laughs) the monster finally came out. And when I did that right before I came out with that book, like, I mean like the month before I switched my email newsletter freebie to book two. And then I made book one perma free. So then now this is how my funnel works. Okay. My first book is free everywhere. If you go to Amazon, if you go to Kobo, if you go to Apple books right now, you can find searching for Anna for $0. You don't have to sign up for a newsletter. You don't have to do anything. You can download it for free. Then when you finish that book and are in love with it, because of course you will be, (laughs) because if you watched last week's episode, we talked about writing and editing and making it a good solid book. If it's not a good solid book, this is not going to work. Your free first in series isn't going to work. You can make your first three books in a series free. It's not going to work if they're not well-written because people don't want to waste their time. Mm -hmm. So book one is free. At the end of book one, there's, hey, do you like this? You can get the next book for free by signing up to my newsletter. So book two is still for sale. People can buy book two if they want to buy it and not sign up. Or they can get book two for free by signing up to my newsletter. Then at the end of book two, I have a link, want more? And I do more than that. You guys also know I put the first two or three chapters or whatever I can fit in at the end of each book. So at the end of searching for Anna is the first two or three chapters from um, the next book, which a group that Jamie and Tina are in um, one of our chatters, Shell just recently posted in there and said that um, she finished, was it book one? And she wanted to go to bed, but I had the last few chapters on there and it hooked her in and she ended up going on to the next book. And she's like, ah, that's exactly what I want. I want you to read those first few chapters and not be able to like stop. So again, writing a good book, making sure those first few chapters, especially are solid, making sure it's edited well. And then, then you do this process at the end of book two, you have the first few chapters of book three. Um, and again, I'm not done with book four, but when you buy or when you buy book three at the end of book three are the first few chapters of book four. I made sure they were those were done, edited, solid, and they weren't going to be changing, at least not drastically, so that people want are excited about the next book. 
So in essence, that's what first free and series is. And you can go back and you can add those first chapters. You later. can. If you if you have don't have it now and you want to do this, it's quite easy to go in and add those three chapters once you've got book two or three or whatever you're working on done. Yep, you just do you just add them in and then you upload new files to all the platforms. Oh, Shell is in our chat. Shell says, Yes, Jen, I was totally sucked in. That was so sweet of you, Shell. I am I just really appreciate it. I'm not in that group anymore for some reason. So that's the only reason why I didn't comment to you personally. I was gonna message you and I forgot to. Sorry. But yeah. So that's technically that. Like, so do we want to move on how to do that? Yeah, because um, if you have not ever tried to publish to Amazon before and you, um, you know, first of all, you're ready to execute this strategy or any other, and then you go on there and you try to set your book to zero dollars, what will happen, Jen? All right. So, yes. So if you are exclusive to Amazon, unfortunately, this will, you cannot do this strategy. That You have to be wide and we'll go over that and why you do. Um, just one quick thing too. I've noticed that traditionally published trad pub Christian romance is starting to do this as well. So the rest of the world, this has been an indie marketing strategy for a very long time. And the trad publishers are finally like, Hey, that's a good idea. And that's because statistically the most, the most successful indie authors are using this strategy. Yeah. And I'll, I'm going to show you some graphics on that in a little bit or, or just for myself personally. Okay. So you cannot put your book for free on Amazon. They won't let you. You I also learned that if you have if you do ebooks through um Ingram Spark, which you should never do ebooks through Ingram Spark. That's a side note, but they won't let you do it to free either. All the other platforms will. Um Amazon, I'm sorry, Apple, Kobo, Barnes Noble, they don't care if you have a free book because they figured out well, free book is going to lead you into the rest of the author and we want to make money. They figured that out. Amazon will not let you do that. But guess what? Amazon does not want to be a higher price than anyone else. So the way you do it is the first thing is you go to your other platforms and you mark them as free. So whatever platforms you've chosen, I've chosen all of them that I can. I use, um, I do use drafted digital to get into libraries and like little small things like scribd and things like that. Um, And so I go to there and I, I put it to free. Once you've done that, and once you have a, a book that's live on a different platform, then you go and you tell Amazon. And I'm going to share a screen and show you guys how to do it because it's um, it's not hard, but there is a system to it. So do you guys mind if I share a screen on this? No, because it's oh, my man. opinion that this is sort of the trickiest part is getting Amazon to list your book for free. Right. So for those of you that have not published yet, this is what the back end of Amazon looks like. It's KDP. Um, You can see up here, you've got your bookshelf and reports. And if you're listening only, that's short for Kindle Direct Publishing. Yes. And then if you scroll down, you see here are my books and here's how I set up my pricing and all this. And um, so it's pretty, you know, cut and dry, but um, this is where you want to go. So you go to KDP. And then you sign in and then see this button up here that says help in the upper right corner. You click help. And this is like the whole help center. And there's so much information here. I've never even tapped into half of it, not even close. Um, But you're going to go scroll down and towards the bottom on the left-hand side, there's a yellow button that says contact us. You click contact us and see are these, all these different options. One of them is pricing. You click pricing Then you click price matching. Hmm. So you can email them, phone call, or ask the community. You don't want to ask the community. Either phone call or email. I'm suggesting email. I'm going to show you why. I click email, and they give you exactly what they want. So this part here, it gives you directions. So right in this little blue window, you we change this to, hi, I've discounted my book or my books are free and other retailers, whatever you want to say, my books are free and other retailers, blah, blah, blah. Now it says one, two, three here. The reason why it says one, two, three is if you have multiple books that you want them to change the price on, 
you can do you can lower prices, raise prices in your KDP. This is really only for zero. So I'm only going to have one right now. So I'm taking those out. Then you just replace it. See, this says ASIN. You go back to your KDP and you put your ASIN for the book you want for free here. Mm. And then they want to know what Kindle store. I'm going to separate these out just so it's a little easier to see. Then they want to know what Kindle store. Just.com or do you want it in .com and .uk? I wanted it all of them. So you're going to have to type in .com, .uk, .ca. And you can find that all in, again, in KDP. Yeah, I think .au is Australia. Right. They had list them out. We can go back into KDP and I'll show you that too. Then current competitor region links. So what I found is all I have to do is one of them. Apple or Kobo, something like that. It doesn't matter. You go So what to that's where, asking for is a link to where you can yes. find it for free. Got it. The URL. So you go open it up, get to the URL, copy the URL, and you paste it right here, right over top of it. So you're just pasting over what they're asking you for. And then current competitor price, you would put a dollar sign point zero zero or a dollar sign zero point zero zero, whatever. So they see, and it see shows it you how pop popular the strategy is that they've got basically a form yes. for it. That's awesome. And it's that simple. And they will respond. So then you don't need to attach anything. You send the message and they will respond to you um, to the email that is attached to your Amazon account. So it may not be your author one. Mine is not my author one. So they'll send you a response. And for me, it was within, uh, I don't know, I want to say mine was incredibly fast, um, but no arguments. They just did it. If you And then I didn't realize it says Kindle store. I just did dot com. I didn't realize. I thought that they would change all of them. It didn't. So then I had to respond again and say, I need it done for all of them. And they did within like a day or two. And that was it. That's all I had to do. So any sort of anxiety about, well, how am I going to do this? You don't need to have it. They have a whole system for you how to do that. So And so let's pause here, Jen, because you said something like if you're exclusive to Amazon, you can't do this. So let's talk for just a moment about what that means, because oftentimes people's marketing strategy are a little different because they would rather like uh, page reads is more in the strategy that they're trying to follow, yes. um, which means that you would need to be in the Kindle Unlimited library or whatever. Right. So going wide means you're not in Kindle Unlimited. Right. You Because once you enroll for Kindle Unlimited to where you get paid by Amazon for every page people read, um, you cannot then have a zero book and because you can't have your book for sale everywhere. Like, correct. right. Am I, am I missing it? Nope. That's okay. exactly correct. And before I forget, I'm going to go back to screen. All right. So this is, again, this is on my bookshelf in KDP. And this is the book here that we're talking about searching for Anna is my freebie. And if you hover over the view on Amazon, there's all of the places, us, UK, DE, um, so the US we know is .com, but the rest of them would be .uk, .de, .fr. That, that's where you would find all those. So it's that simple. And so people are always talking about click-through rates and things like that. And this is what they're talking about, like people that read your freebie, clicking the next, the link that you put in the back, read the next book. That's where you make your money. And so you want those rates to be high because right. the more they click through, the more money you make. Correct. Hmm. And I have put down the, um, I'm going to look, see where we are in the outline. So um, does this work? I, I want to touch on that really quick. It has been successful to me and I'm going to share screen again. So, and we'll talk about it just real quick. So this is again in my KDP, but I'm on the reports and I'm on historical. And you can see from the first time that I ever... Um, I started publishing in February of 2019. That's when my book first came out. And I did make, you can see, I did make some sales and I did have some downloads. It wasn't free at this point, right? I made it. Um, and so, but you can't even see that right now because these other blue lines on this chart are so much bigger after I set it to free 
that you can't even see on the chart any sort of sales or anything that I made before And that's all you did? You didn't start any extra marketing campaigns or anything? So right here, you can see March 2021. That is when I put my book to perma-free. I did no marketing campaigns in March. And I went back and looked and I did, I set it to March, like it was like March 25th or so. And it was almost the end of the month. And I had um, 17, over 1700 downloads in just a few days. And that was me not doing anything. That was Amazon saying, oh, here's a free book. Let's put it out in front of people. Hmm. That was, and I made, I sold 10 books that month and I hadn't sold books in months because, all right, so I am not saying that I am um, living off of my book sales right now. Y'all know that this, I'm still at the beginning of stages. I've not spent any money in advertising because my series is not done yet. This is just things that are like, as I'm getting to that point, this is what I was doing. So the next month when that happened, I thought I should put some marketing uh, dollars behind what I'm doing because I have a release coming out in May. And so the next month I booked a couple of um, paid email marketing and you can see the next, you see that next um, blue line is super huge, but we're going to talk about that next week. So I don't want, I just want you to see (laughs) it makes a difference. And we're going to talk about the historical, you can see the lines come down. We'll discuss that next week, but I wanted you to see that it worked for me. Um, Amazon put me out in front of people and I was getting downloads. And from those downloads, I was getting email. I don't do email swaps anymore um, because, um, well, I shouldn't say I don't do email swaps. I don't do like, I don't do a whole lot of those promos and things because it wasn't working for me anymore. And I was getting, or I'm getting organic newsletter um, subscribers now at a rate that I'm comfortable with. That is, and these subscribers are people that have read my books. So it's not just people that are looking for a freebie. These are people that have read my books and want the next one enough to sign up for my newsletter. So that's work. That part is working for me. And so make sure that you have a click through link on your freebie. Make sure that link is working. Um, and that it's, uh, it's leading to where you want people to, um, take action. Yeah. Right. And in, in your case, you have those free chapters for the next book and you probably have that link to buy the next one right at the end of that. I do. Yeah, I do. Um, and so real quick before, because this went a little bit long. Sorry, I'm a little long winded today, apparently. But let's say you have a bunch of books out and none of them are a series. So does this mean you can't do this? No, it doesn't mean that you can't do this. It won't be as successful. But if I were you. I would take it. I would choose a book that's going to be my perma free. I would choose that if it were me, I'd choose the best one. I mean, you want to put your best foot forward. And at the end of that book, I would have the first two, three chapters, whatever really is going to draw someone in of whatever book you want to lead them to and make that your email giveaway and put that at the end. And at the end of every book, even if it's not a series, if you find people that love your writing then you can you can utilize this technique. I don't think it'll be as successful, but I think you can do it. I think it and will. It can be quite successful because if you're like me and you like to read in a specific genre. Yes. And you really like the way an author writes, then it's an easy sell. Yeah. For me, it's an, you can get my money so fast. <laughs> if I've just read a book of yours and I really liked the way you write and it's in a genre I love and mm-hmm. here you are giving me a little taste of, an, of maybe a completely different story, but in the same genre, I'm going to click that thing almost every time. Right. And something that's not in our outline that I just realized, I know we've been looking at Amazon a whole lot because it's harder to get it done in Amazon. The rest of the retailers make it easy. But I um, I want to tell you guys that it works across the board if you're wide. I am now getting a paycheck from every single retailer every month, every month without, without fail. And my wide earnings, meaning everyone who's not Amazon is consistently equal to, or even sometimes a little bit more than Amazon. So by going wide, I've, I've literally doubled what my income potential is. So it's working for me across the board. I'm getting sub subscribers who are exclusive to Apple books. Some that like only buy Barnes and Noble. Um, and, and I'm selling paperbacks 
because I'm the same way. If I find an ebook that I love, I will generally go buy the book because I want it on my shelf. I want to be able to read it again. I love that author. I mean, I have a whole, like you can see these sections of authors I enjoy, all their books, their physical copies. And I don't mean hardback, I meant physical copies. So I'm selling paperbacks from people that read the book and then come back and get a paperback or people that just want paperbacks. So it is, it it is a marketing strategy. Again, I'm not living off my profits yet, but I'm not ramped up yet. The more books I have and the more advertising dollars, which we will talk about next month, all that stuff will still keep rolling. This again is a foundational marketing um, strategy that has worked for me. Okay, are we done? Do we need to say anything else about this particular strategy before we transition to our next section? Uh, Good work, Jennifer. You know what I mean? Like, that's really, really uh, good job. (laughs) Thanks. Because it's not, it's not nothing that you did. You know what I mean? Right. You got to actually take the steps and do the work. Yeah. And it's something to aspire to. Like, uh, that's where I'm headed. And so it's good to see somebody that has that it's working for and to give me more ideas of little things that I can do to make it successful. Which is the whole reason we started this podcast, right? Like mm-hmm. we were not experts at any means on anything when we started the podcast, mm-hmm. but we knew that there were people out there that were struggling that were a couple years behind us that would have, we would have loved a, a podcast when we first started off. And so every year we get a little bit more established in our careers and we're going to try to share everything we can for those of you that are still heading that way. Yashelle wants yep. to know if there's going to be another book in the Love and Lansing series. But before you answer that, I just want to give, if you are brand new and, you know, if you're like me, it's like, I've got to write four books before I can make any money. You can't think that way. Um, right. Uh, you've got to follow your own path and and make your own journey and plans and whatever. And, and mm-hmm. this is just one way to get to where you want to go. I and I made money, money on my first my two books. Book. Yeah. yeah, I have one book out and I make money on it um, enough to go out to dinner once a month. So <laughs> and I still make money on well, book one is is for zero, but I still make money on book two, not just uh, paperbacks, people buy paperbacks, but also ebooks, because some people just don't want to be on another newsletter. And that's okay. They'll follow me on Amazon. And when the next book comes out, they'll buy that. I mean, there's so many different things that that ways of making money. So like, that's a whole nother episode of why it's so important to have an author page on Amazon. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is true. Okay. So let's so, go. Shell, yes, there is another book coming out. Um, for the, if you, and I know you follow us, um, I, things are up in the air with my mom a lot and I'm, and my laptop is no longer a laptop. It's now a desktop, so I can't go with me. Um, but I am so close to being done with first round edits and I did some work this week with pen and paper and, um, I'm working hard It's and you're going to love it. You guys are going to love this one. I'm so excited about and it. And that will be the, the end of the series. The end of this. Well, yeah. the end, but I have <laughs> in the works a Christmas novella with all of the ladies. And I am toying with the idea that, you know, I talked to you guys about doing a marriage series. I'm toying with the idea of continuing with Will and Phoebe in their marriage. And, and well, what if you also did John, uh, John, like they're all, if they're, if they're married, there's more than one couple to think about it's just whatever road god leads me down right now i can see i because of i know these characters like they're real people Mm -hmm. i i can see the marital struggles that's that they would have you know so awesome right okay so let's transition over to the feeding of the backs which is where we give feedback on a piece that we wrote just before the podcast we got a prompt we got 15 minutes to write no time to plan, no time to edit or revise, and we're going to be completely vulnerable, read them out loud to you here on the air, and because of that, we only give positive feedback. This is not a critique. Um, and so this week's um, prompt was what, Jamie? Can you let us know and then tell us what you wrote? It is... What are you eating? Not in quotes, which is a good thing because I just leapt from that little springboard and said, bye. (laughs) All right. So here we go. Prompt. What are you eating? Joni looked down at her plate. Several crumbs had fallen away from the graham cracker crust and formed what her mind saw as a smile face on the plain white porcelain or what she assumed was porcelain. This was a swanky sort of place after all. 
Didn't all swanky people eat off porcelain? Or was that only in the olden days? Joni had grown up with Corelware, dishes that were virtually indestructible, especially in the days before granite countertops became the default for the suburban set. As her mind took a walk down memory lane, reliving several occasions in which either she or her sister had managed to explode a corral plate in spectacular fashion, mm-hmm. she continued to stare at the smattering of crumbs, longing to press her fingers into them. The key lime pie had been a delicious indulgence that hadn't lasted quite long enough in the microscopic portion it had been served. I could go for another slice, a voice croaked from her left side, and Joni looked up in surprise to meet the gaze of Mrs. Vanderpool, who hadn't spoken a word to Joni throughout any of the equally miserly courses the two had sat through together. Hmm. Joni had been seated on the end, leaving her with no other opportunity for conversation, and she and Mrs. Vanderpool had been placed immediately across from the perpetually drunk Olsons. Jeannie looked across at them now and saw only the same red-faced man grinning at everything being said at the other end of the table, where those with good breeding or at least some potentiality for entertainment, which overshadowed potential for embarrassment, had been sat, and his washed-out blonde wife, who sat as still as she'd seemed to the entire evening, one arm hugging her body, the other a stand for a wine glass which she lifted with rhythmic regularity to her overly powdered face, sipping at it through lipstick that seemed intent to create an entirely new upper lip, this motion only interrupted by a lifting of the empty hand to wave away each offered course, not even bothering to look at the server with her heavily mascaraed vacant eyes. Joni wasn't sure if Mrs. Olson saw her now, or if she had noticed Mrs. Vanderpool's comment. As far as Joni could tell, Mrs. Vanderpool hadn't spoken a word to anyone since arriving at the estate two days previously, merely gesturing to everyone with shakes of the head and points of her walking stick. Her silence had and refusal to join in the party's hilarity had only been matched by that of the perpetually stoned Mrs. Olson, and Joni had actually wondered whom she would hear speak first. She wondered now if Mrs. Olson would smile were she to understand the nature of her victory. Oh, yes, the pie was very good, Joni stammered and smiled at the plump and fashionably dressed matriarch. There was a time when the portions were bigger, she said, lifting her considerable girth in a massive harumph as if her substantial size were proof of what she'd said. And that was all the time I had. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that was all the time I had. <laughs> oh, my word, Jamie. Like, I started taking notes of all the great things you were saying, and I just stopped because it was just like the whole thing was just like character artwork, like washed out blonde wife and the perpetually drunk Olsons. And like, I'm there. I am at this like table and wondering, like, why are they all eating together and what is going on? And key lime pie. Now I want key lime pie. Like, so good. I connected so well with your character that I was uncomfortable through the entire thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could feel her discomfort and I was just like, Oh, can you please move me down to the other end of the table? And even though I have Corel dishware right now, like a really cute white kind, like I know how old this woman is because I know that she's about our age because like we all grew up through the whole Corel like phase and stuff. And I could see the Corel that in my head, that she was talking about only because it's the crow that my mother had. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so just so well done without saying without like going too far, like you gave us enough to make us feel like, like Tina, like that we were that person. Mm-hmm. So thank you. I appreciate that. Shell says, Holy cow, Jamie, so many fabulous details. And she said, it reminded me of the dinner scene from clue, the movie. <laughs> That's one to revisit. If you need a laugh, I gotta say, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, I, I know I haven't. Oh my goodness. You must remedy this. Oh, is that good? All right. Uh, it's good. There's, you know, it's a little, uh, it's not as, uh, blue as say airplane or something, but there, there is a French maid who's an oh. object of desire and things like that. So there's a little bit of, but it's funny is a okay. funny movie. Gigi says, Jamie, so good. Loved it. Oh, thanks. I love the feeding of the backs. I get lots (laughs) of positive. And I didn't get a beginning, a middle, and an end, but I'm upset that I had to leave this because I really could see, especially that couple across across the table. And, you know, I'm picturing all of this happening down there. And I'm wanting, you know, like, why was she sat on the end? Someone down there wants to keep her out of the mix. But Mm -hmm. I feel like this character feels like she isn't worthy to be down there. But whoever put her down there knows she would outshine whoever. 
Is you know what I mean? This whole thing yeah. just poofed into my head, but I've got really nowhere to take it. So it probably will just languish. Well, awesome. maybe someday you'll pick it up and turn it into something big. Thanks. Shell says Clue is a classic campy murder mystery. It absolutely is. Tim Curry, like it's Shell, yes, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I will go next and I'm continuing to write in my same little idea vein that I've started a few weeks ago. So same story, next scene. There is eating involved. So I didn't completely <laughs> ignore the um the prompt. All right. <clears throat> Victor entered the cabin to find Anastasia lying on the bed, unmoving and white as a sheet. The baby lay beside her, gasping for breath between terrified wails. Two fingers on Anastasia's carotid told him that she was alive, but barely just. Mm -hmm. The blood stain on the sheets beneath her filled his heart with dread. He tried to think of what to do, but the baby's cries kept his mind from focusing. The child needed to eat. Victor steeled himself, then unbuttoned the front of Anastasia's dress. He did his best to preserve her dignity, but it was impossible to help the screaming infant find what it needed without looking. Mm -hmm. Finally... After fail several failed attempts, the tiny creature latched on and began to suck. The next step was to determine if she was still bleeding. I'm sorry, he said, though she couldn't hear him. Then he did the necessary checking, careful not to move her in a way that would cause the baby to come unattached. Anastasia didn't appear to be actively bleeding, but from the stains on the bed, she had lost too much blood. Victor pulled his bag from the cupboard and pulled out an IV setup and saline bag. If they were in the hospital, he would give her blood, but in the current conditions, saline was the best he could do. Later, the baby asleep, he watched the saline drops fall one by one and prayed for a miracle. He thought back to the day he'd smuggled Anastasia out of modern eugenics labs. He had been so sure it was the right thing. He was convinced that God was telling him it was his mission to do so. Now he wasn't so sure. Now he worried that his decision to hide her in this wilderness had been the death of her. He wondered if God even cared. It was the child, after all, that he was sent to save. Victor didn't peek under the wrap. Did Victor didn't need to peek under the wrappings to know the child was a boy. He'd seen as much in his visions. As he recalled them, he realized Anastasia was absent from all of them. It was just him and the child whom he'd been instructed to name Joshua. Joshua was the child of prophecy the child destined to save the world from the ruins it was in. But without Anastasia, his heart ached at the thought. Three, two, one. Oh, this is a continuation from last week. Yeah. I really thought that he was the dad. <sighs> Me too. This time. I had no idea that he was like, but that's okay. Like that is not yeah. at all a complaint. It is just a very revelatory scene. There's a lot revealed here. Yes, I tried like, to hint at it last time. I don't know if it's last time or the time before when the neighbor said that she was far too pregnant for a newlywed. No, I, I, I love the way that you did this because I discovered it as you were reading it. Like I, like Jamie thought that, that it was um, her husband or like that he was the dad. And like, even saying that would just, when you, I would read that the first time about like far too pregnant, I would just be like, oh, they, they, before they got married, you know, obviously right. they had to get married or whatever. But I discovered as you're reading it, like the whole, oh, what, oh, what? Like so good. Like, don't change that. Like leave right. it the story like that so that we discover it like that. Cause it was very, very good. Thanks. That was the plan. Like you were supposed to think that like they awesome. had got together before marriage and whatnot, but. But now I'm going to be upset, even though I'm the person that says hurt your characters. Like, because I could, I know you're not going to keep her alive. Like, come on. But well, actually, I don't even know that. So, oh. well, how else would he be right entitled to name the baby? Unless I don't they know. did get I married. I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> maybe they, maybe they did get married. It just in order the, to like the yeah. woman is just like, thanks for saving me. I'm going to let you name him or something. Or maybe she had similar visions. as him. Ah, and maybe she's like, you weren't a part of my visions either. So there, <laughs> I don't know. I have like this whole thing in my head about Mary and Joseph and the angel. And the, Oh, that's cool. But yeah. more of like a modern dystopia kind of situation. I, love it. Mm, I feel that. I feel that. Shell says so great. Tina love how you went into his inner turmoil. Agreed. 
Gigi says, Tina, that is so awesome. So much. I would devour this story. Thanks, Guy. Yeah. It's definitely keeping me up at night. And I'm (laughs) trying to finish. Oh, good. (laughs) I'm trying to finish what I'm working on. Not start something new. Oh, I hear you. So I have... I have um, quieted that part of my brain by saying you can write this on Fridays oh. during oh, the sprint. And so good. that's what's keeping me <laughs> that's from basically like, what's happening totally to being me. derailed. Yeah, because I keep writing in the next story, the first story, the first book of the next series, and I'm not done editing the other one. So right. we're in the same boat. On that note, Jennifer. All right. So I only got 224 words. Like that's like not anything at all. And I don't, it's not even close to being a beginning and middle and end. Um, but I loved it so much that I was mad when we ended. So, okay. What are you eating? So lost in his own thoughts, Kate hadn't heard Colleen approaching and the sound of her soft lilting Irish accent tinged with disgust made him jump. Where'd you come from? I was out back hanging the wash. What is that? She asked, motioning her head in the direction of his lunch. Hardtack and beans. Chappie left it behind for me. Colleen grimaced. What did he use to make it? Dirt? Cade couldn't argue. The hardtack did resemble a lump of hardened Texan, Texan clay far more than any biscuit should. It didn't taste any better either. Come on, she said, spinning on her heels. I've got some chili con carne on the stove. Just the words chili con carne brought back memories of San Antonio and the chili queens that sold it from stands around military plaza. It also brought his saliva glands alive and his mouth began watering. But with all the other hands out, he didn't think it wise for him to enter the house. He also wasn't so certain that their last argument, if the woman would use the opportunity to poison him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You just forgot the word after. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the thought of a good meal was too much of a draw and he tossed remains of his plate to the pigs placed his plate on the fence post and followed three, two, one. Ah! I know. Like, I know what's going to happen and I didn't even have time to write it. Like, so. I need to drink coffee because I can taste those biscuits in my... <laughs> I know. I'm like, are the pigs going to reject it too? <laughs> yeah. I appreciate that now she's going to cook for him. Like, that's interesting because I would like to know if she like... Maybe I shouldn't have been so mean or, you know, it, it, it piques my curiosity about like her or right. is she just like, of course you would be eating something vile, you know, Yeah, uh, come in here and see what real food is like, really, what is she, you know, cause we, we know she's a feisty one. Right. And my, I just love that. Like, I wasn't even thinking about it until we started writing, but like I had uncovered in my research a while, like a long time ago about the chili Queens. And like, I'm just so glad I was able to kind of plop that in there in this book in a way that like wasn't like giving a history lesson. You know what I mean? I love to do that. And so if somebody doesn't know and wants to know, well, then go figure that out. Like, I, yeah, that, was, that would I was be like, something I would do. I would totally go Google it. Yeah. I was like, that's it. why she only got 200 words. She was researching chili queens during. No, I, actually, <laughs> I already kidding. knew that. I actually, I did research. I, I couldn't remember if it was queens or what, they, but I knew that there was like the, and so, um, I just, so I, I did really quick do that, but um, I already had that up here and I was able to like kind of put that in there. So I don't I know why that. he was in San Antonio that now I got to figure that all out yeah. because he fought for the North. He didn't fight for the South. So that's a whole nother problem with the, you know, mm-hmm. conflict. Maybe so. he was a POW. Maybe. Mm. So, um, okay. Shell says, yes, Jen, more, more, more. Oh, Thanks. And Gigi says, Cade, love the storyline. Great. Yeah, Thanks. I do too. Appreciate it. I love like Westerns. And... Me too. Yeah. Okay. So now that we're, I wish Rhonda was here. Cause I always love to hear her character sketches that she does. She's I so know. good at it. Okay. Well, let's move on then to the what's next portion of the podcast where we all go around and say, what is next? Um, so let's start with Jennifer. I am going to finish up this first round of edits. And I did, like I said, I did some handwriting this week of some things I want to change. And that again, I locked some more stuff. And so I just got to sit down and get it into the, the last three chapters. And then I will say done for first round. So that hopefully by next week, I'll be able to say my first round edits are done. Cool. That's a good feeling. I know. 
I'm I'm almost there. What's so, your next? What do you Yeah, well, I didn't get anything done this week um because my um my grand my granddaughters Nana and Papa are her other grandparents and her papa passed away. Mm-hmm. And they have been her um primary caregivers um for maybe the last year mm-hmm. or so. So um she was with us for a lot of the week and with my daughter part of the time and with me part of the time. And um, my husband also reached out to them and offered to officiate the funeral. So there was stuff that we had to do for that. And mm-hmm. it was just one of those weeks where my brain was not like, even, mm-hmm. even when I had physical time to sit down, I just couldn't, like, right. I couldn't even get my brain to go there. So nothing got done. So now I'm, I'm starting the um, read backs. What is that's not what I meant to say. Where you, if you have it read back to you by word, dictated or yeah. Maybe you want to call it read backs. I don't see why you shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's where I'm going next, starting Monday. I'm going to have word read it back to me so that I can finish my my self editing, so I can send it to my editor. Well, Shell, yeah, Shell says Jen. that she's praying for you, Tina, and your Thanks, family, guys. And she shared her what's next, playing with point of view. Next week, I'm going to re- rewrite a scene in my story from the dude's point of view and see how it changes the feel of the scene. We have talked about that before and how uh, that can, when especially if you're like blocked or a chapter just isn't working, rewrite it from a different point of view and often like it'll fix it. So good luck, Shell. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Jamie? What's next for you? Well, if you are not already... Uh subscribe to my author newsletter, which you can do by going to www.writingshorts.net, writing like you're writing with a pen or pencil shorts, like shorts you wear, you want to do so because I'm going to be debuting in there. um, One of my favorite short stories that I ever wrote. um, And it will be going to everybody's email inbox on Monday, the 14th. So go sign up at writingshorts.net. And when you do, you will get the free short story on night's gift automatically just for shining up. And in the newsletter, there's also some great freebies available from other authors. So again, head over to writingshorts.net and become a subscriber. Awesome. Okay. So I think, um, do we have any more in the chat? I don't see any more in the chat for what's next. No, pretty quiet day today in the chat. Uh, Yeah, I think that... um, Piper had to do something. She said she wasn't going to be here. And uh, I'm not sure about Leah. I don't see her either. I saw Liz. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Liz and Shell and Gigi. Yeah. Awesome to see you guys. Okay. So that concludes this episode of the Indie Writers Podcast. So until next week, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye now. Bye. Bye.